I originally heard this concept, and I really was confused about it for many years, where people will say, I don't want you to fix it. I want you to just listen, whatever. Sure. And that really insulted my logical sensibilities. Of Why would you tell me then <laughs> if you don't want me to do anything right? about it? You've just thrown this huge problem out here on the table, and now you don't want my take on what to do? Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. So we'll get started. Um, folks, welcome back to Counselors Can Help. I am back with Liza to start another show on issues dealing with couples. And we'd like you to rate the show, send it to family members, anyone who you think can use the information. And we certainly want to grow the folks who are enjoying this show. One thing I haven't mentioned before, we actually get hired by people to do this for a living, right? <laughs> people do call That's us and idea. say, hey, we'd like to actually have you do some of the stuff you talk about on the show. So uh, we do work for a company called Aspire, 801-525-4645. So um, that's my little plug for Aspire here. I think it's a great organization, but just a reminder that we're not doing this as a hobby. The show itself is sort of a hobby. Absolutely. Right. We actually do this stuff Pet for real with actual people in rooms. Um, that is what we do. So if you hear something that you like or feel like a connection to us, especially if you're in the northern Utah area, certainly give that number Aspire a call, and we, we'd love to work with you. We'd love to hear from you. For this show, I'd like to get into a little bit of, I guess, just a recap of where we've been so far. And I think the recap generally includes the things that I think we've hit that are sort of universal ideas, and those are we want to practice, one, noticing when things are going right. That's a great universal idea that you could apply anywhere. I mean, we've done a lot of couples discussions in these podcasts, but it's really something you could apply family, at work. I mean, you name it, mm -hmm. um, a universal idea, right? I mean, people yeah. love to hear when things are going right. I mean, that's I a great conversation. Yeah, when you said that, I'm not sure which podcast to refer people to about impact. Mm -hmm. I have used that several times since then, and I hadn't worded it that way before. And I think being able to help someone understand their positive impact or the impact they're having on a situation or on a pattern, yeah, that is definitely not something we, d we point out enough. And the idea of, of this point out things are going right is to throw in that part you just mentioned is what is the other person's impact? How do they impact everyone in a positive way? Because you're trying to grow that activity, right? You're trying to grow that behavior and get them to see it's not just about doing it right or being good or doing it because I said so. You're trying to grow their sense of how that action impacted other people in a positive mm -hmm. way. And so uh, that's a great way to, to start. And like I said, I think you can apply that in numerous situations mm -hmm. and have it turn out well. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly well, shockingly well, maybe. Surprisingly in, well. <laughs> in some situations. The small things. We are quick to point out when someone has a negative impact yeah. with usually our absolutes. You always do that. You never do that. <laughs> but when right. we can do that in the reverse and point out the positive, I think that has a much, um, it's a much more sustainable behavior. Or even something you've asked them to do. Hey, I asked you to do this thing, and then two days go by, and they do the thing. And, you know, it's okay to go, 
Well, I'm sure glad you did that. Thank you for doing the thing. That, <laughs> that was, awesome. was awesome. I'm very and helpful. Yes, and this impacts and me in this way. And mm -hmm. so uh, that's a great thing to throw in there as a discussion item. Sure. Um, the next, I guess, general thing that we talked about was listening. Um, we we talked about it on the show in terms of repeating the other person's words and sort of get, getting used to doing that. Um, that is something, again, you can practice and I think of it in terms of having a conversation about anything. And I was, I was thinking specifically of, um, I hear people's conversations now and I'm sometimes, you could call it eavesdropping, mm -hmm. but I, I certainly listen to other people talk and even conversations I have where I describe them as two monologues. There's really not a conversation happening. And what I mean by that could go something like this. Um, Hey, my daughter, she was having a, I don't know, something at the soccer game and she fell down and hurt her knee and, and we had to take her to the ER and we're trying to get that worked on. And the other person would say, oh yeah, I remember when my son had that, we, we did this and you know, we went to the thing and man, his was bad. His was really, oh man, his leg was broken and two places and blah, 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 and this and that. And the other person says, yeah, and then when my doctor, my daughter got home, we had to put her in a thing. So there are two individual... Two completely <laughs> separate monologues. Monologues going on here. It's a really good example. Neither person is really listening. They've only taken a cue on, oh, the subject matter is... Children, children with broken bones. <laughs> that have been injured while playing a sport. <laughs> yeah. How do I top your story about children with broken bones? You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, those conversations happen all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people realize they're actually doing that. They actually think they're having a conversation while they're doing it. And, and it's, I think for some people, it's quite chronic. I actually... I don't know that I could find a statistic about that, but I think it's more common than any other type of conversation that people have. I, I guess hopefully nobody fact checks that one <laughs> for me, or maybe we should have someone. Yeah. But oh, you know, I was just on. I was just on a flight. We were talking about flying this past weekend, and I, I overheard that behind me several times. Just people having conversations around you. And you think, I think they're telling a story and they're telling a story mm -hmm. and neither one of them, they're just about the same subject matter. Yes. But not necessarily um, gaining understanding about the other person's experience or, you know, probing further, just telling their story and then the other person tops that story and not even necessarily trying to just un completely unconsciously. Yeah. And so where I think this comes in in couples is, again, do we have, do we have statistics on this? Ah, maybe this is more of a guy thing. It's probably, you know, um, I've got the paper right here that says it's mostly a guy <laughs> thing. But, I love um, that you're ruffling uh, a paper <laughs> to prove. Yeah. Um, but it can happen with couples, I think, where one says, oh, I really had this hard day or whatever, this thing I had to do. And the other person says, oh, well, I've had worse than that or, you know, whatever. Or just tell so-and-so to stop doing that or, you know, throws out some sort of catch-all, like, fix to the, mm -hmm. to the problem the person has just pointed out. And, again, I don't think they're really intending to do that. I just don't think that person really has ever been shown that that's not really a conversation. Right. 
that really what the person is asking for is to converse a little bit and hear about their story about what has happened at work or whatever it is. And they just want you to listen and sort of um, understand, I guess, their point of view. And that that's okay. If that's all that comes out of it, that's okay. Um, my, I, I originally heard this concept, and I really was confused about it for many years, where people will say, I don't want you to fix it. I want you to just listen, whatever. Sure. And that really insulted my logical sensibilities. Of Why would you <laughs> tell me then if you don't want me to do anything right? about it? You've just thrown this huge problem out here on the table, and now you don't want my take on what to do? I, I, and I used to actually think that, Meryl, that I used to think, no, it's only to be heard. But sometimes we do not know what to do with something. But even a simple sentence of, do you want me to listen? Or would you like advice? Or, you know, even just one sentence yeah. from a, the other person of, that sounds really hard. Yeah. What yeah, do you, you could. Need? Yeah, like we said, would you like me to tell you how I would handle it or, you know, whatever? Probably after you've heard sure. some stuff, though, first. You've listened first before sure. you wanted to jump into that. And that, I think, is a, scene, is a theme, excuse me, of how we'll go about uh, later shows. We'll be talking about um, these kind of subjects more with uh, teenagers, kids. And I think there's a theme there, if we're to take that along, is... Parents many times get into this sort of problem-solving edict, mm -hmm. handing out. When I was your age, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Right, before actually hearing the entire thing or what's going on or what have you. So mm -hmm. um, so the, going forward, this idea of just practicing having conversations with people, with your spouse, whoever it is, is just a good thing to just get in the habit of doing and or perhaps noticing when you're not so, maybe you haven't done that so well in the past, just trying to be a part of little conversations is a good thing to, to do. Um, the other idea is I want to reinforce this idea of the benefit of therapy where we're handing out some, I think, good ideas on this show, but ultimately the theme or the main focus of this show is to encourage people to come in. Why would you do that? We've, we've handed all this great information on the show. Why don't I just do this all at myself at my house? And, and the, the point I want to reinforce is, again, you can learn to play a musical instrument by yourself. It is possible. These things that we're talking about are possible to do by yourself. Tell me your thoughts here. I think generally these are things that we're delving into in conflict discussions where people kind of don't want to go there. Right. And they, they want this issue resolved but they don't want to go back into it because they've talked about it before, they've argued about it before, it's too much, you know, whatever. There, it's been my experience that most people get to some sort of point before they will do therapy. Uh, this is no longer working, what I've tried, what I've practiced. So whether they are trying to do that on their own, having the feedback by saying, well, what have you tried? Or what of this is working and what is not working and just having someone to help you self-reflect it's um it's a lot easier than trying to do that by yourself right at home alone saying oh i do that okay self this is how i'm going to do that differently oh am i doing that better that seems like i'm not doing that better 
Or just being alone, convincing yourself that it is the other person's mm -hmm. fault, actually, all the other person's fault. So sure. um, what I think the therapist does in many cases is allows, like you said, that person to step out of the situation and help you and help you go places that you probably wouldn't have gone yourself. Not to make it a bloody mess, but to say, hey, this issue sounds like it needs resolving. Let's see if we could find some productive ways to do that. Or I realize that both of you probably don't want to get into this subject matter, but I think we can do something about this. We can, mm -hmm. we can solve it somehow. So that's the job of the therapist is not necessarily in these cases to bring huge amounts of brilliance to the room, but encouraging people who we think are very close they could actually solve this on their own. We're just, we're helping them. We're encouraging mm -hmm. them when neither of them, if they were being honest, wanted to have this conversation. Well, and so often we've talked about those patterns um, th of the way we communicate with our person that um, it's hard to trust that inside a relationship. Oh, I've decided to now do this differently or even just trying to do that. But if there is a third person, if a counselor is helping you identify what that pattern looks like, it's much easier for both of you to have buy-in that there can be change. Or to notice mm -hmm. what the pattern is sometimes is, right? I mean, sure. sometimes you can probably talk to a couple and say, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll go, what's a pattern? And be able to talk through probably something they've thought about, whatever, mm -hmm. long time. But they may not recognize a pattern about how a person talks to the other person or, you know, just subtle mm -hmm. things that, oh, did you know you talked to him like he's a child? Mm -hmm. You know? He's told you that for years <laughs> that you talk to him like a child, but having somebody, and it's not so that one person is to blame in a therapy room right. at all. It's so that you can say, have you ever noticed a pattern about the way you two communicate? Right. And that right there is a, is a I'm glad you made that point, Liza, because uh, I think people come in thinking like, oh, we're, they're just going to blurt out the obvious or, or tell us who's the winner, the loser, or whatever. We've talked about this before, but I think a good therapist can help point out or see those things in a much less invasive way and sort of get you two to sort of discuss it amongst yourselves and sort sure. of help you get to some sort of resolution or um, a way to bring about change that you both kind of can feel like, oh, yeah, that's a good direction to go. Let's try to do that. Mm -hmm. as opposed to you win, you lose, stop being a jerk, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever, that, that kind of um, behavior. And I think a lot of people feel like that's what they're going to get when they come to couples therapy, right? I agree. I'm going to be told I'm a jerk and I don't know if I can handle that. I have yet to meet a couple where both people were equally excited about being there yeah. at the same time. If I am being completely honest usually one person it's one person's idea to come yeah. in and my job as the therapist is to make it safe enough and comfortable enough that both people feel like they can be heard and then you're just changing the pattern that we can talk about hard things and with each other speaking of the pattern mm. um we were just chatting uh before we hit the record button here on we have talked about this idea of patterns on the show quite often in the last uh, couple of shows, and I've actually used this quite a bit in my own practice. And not just as a couple's thing, I think it's a massively impactful idea for everyone, even individuals, to sort of see the patterns in their own lives and 
like we would do with a couple and say, oh, you do this, you know, no, then they do that. I think individuals can do the same thing. They can, they can go, okay, what are the patterns in my life and what do I sort of repeat or wind up? And, and, what I, and I guess the patterns I point out are what are patterns where you sort of always wind up in a place that you don't want to be? Mm-hmm. You know, like some patterns are good, you know, healthy things, whatever, you go to the gym, but some patterns are not healthy. They're making you wind up in a very negative spot. What, let's walk through those patterns. And, and I think that's just been, it's been a huge enlightenment for me as we discuss on the show, the idea of patterns and, and using that. I've, I've used that a ton um, in the obvious ways that we've talked about in couples therapy, but also with individuals. So I guess your, your thoughts on the pattern idea. I mean, you've, you've, You've talked to me about it quite often, and I, I know you're a believer. In I am definitely a believer. I What I think it does, Meryl, is I think it takes the blame out. Instead of seeing it as, this is my problem or this is his problem, something I have to fix, I can, I can get a little more critical thinking going of saying, what does that feel like when he does that to me? What happens for me? And I can get really curious, which is a stance we are constantly talking about in therapy. Instead of being mad at yourself, can you be curious about why that happens? And when we can be curious about an emotion we're having or be a little more reflective about something, we are far more likely to do something about it, to be able to change it and to say, when he withdraws, when we're arguing or when something comes up and he withdraws and doesn't talk to me, it makes me want to go after him and say, we need to solve that now. Why do I feel like that? Because I don't like feeling ignored. Okay, what what is it about that that makes me feel ignored? And that's a lot more curious about something than just saying, because he's being a jerk. And so then I'm going to yell back. And when we can identify these patterns, we are far more reflective on we don't like that we do it that way or it doesn't, we seem to end up in the same stuck place. So that's why I'm a huge fan of patterns because if I can identify them and I can get reflective, I can change them and I don't have to land in that same stuck place. Yeah, yeah so the, the pattern idea... I think you're saying, and I and I believe I'm I'm very much a believer, is that it's a great new way to look at the whole picture, not from you're right, you're wrong, or let's solve the logic of it, but let's let's figure out a way of like how this is going about, so that you wind up having more reasonable, I guess, conversations when these things come up, so that you can actually solve the problem or get to, you know, what the issue is. We're we're not trying to declare a winner. And it just seems like a very disarming, like you said, sure. a way of, of both people kind of going, okay, let's just look at the pattern. All right, well. Um, it doesn't feel so pointed yeah. that it's We like, don't have to get our attorneys in the room. And, yeah, and <laughs> that we can, and we've, we talked about it on the very first show. It, it helps encourage us to be responsive to things instead of reactive, which then brings you into being present with something yeah. or someone instead of being very reactive all the time. Right. Or how do I break the pattern? What could be my part of breaking the pattern in sure. the future is a very different way of, of thinking about this. 
Um, okay, so those are all some great ways of, of just, I guess, highlighting what we've already discussed so far, this idea of practicing and training at home and listening, noticing what's going on right, maybe trying to look at the patterns in your own life. This would be what you would be doing in therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to progress to with the time we have remaining is just talk quickly about, I guess, some harder issues. And, and what, I, what I wrote on my show notes here is, is in quotes, nope, therapy won't work in my case. <laughs> um, and this is, a, a, I think, a very common theme out there. You talk about people having monologue conversations. I think this is, this is a widely held thought mm-hmm. in humanity, mm-hmm. right? That there's nothing a therapist could do to help our situation. That's pretty defeatist, Meryl. I'm a little too (laughs) optimistic for that sentence because I feel like aside from very blatant and obvious abuse on one side or the other, I believe interrupting patterns, reaction versus response, being self-reflective, anyone can do that. Right. No, I, I certainly, I buy into that wholeheartedly, but I guess my point is I feel a lot of people out there, which is what we'd like to change is they, they believe that's true, that their situation is really, you don't understand my situation. It's hardest, you know, of anyone. And there's no way someone could help us. We are too far gone or the other person I'm with doesn't get it. They, it, it can't be done. It cannot be done. I would tend to believe that if you come into therapy believing that, that's going to be a bit of a roadblock <laughs> for right. you. But I, I would challenge you to give it a try. Yeah. I would challenge you to, I mean, that's like telling a child, you know, to not try a new food. Sure. Try it. Try it. See if you like it, then have an opinion about it. Yeah. And so my, I guess my point of bringing this up is this is a very common thought and it's not an unusual or you know, uh, thought we cannot overcome, I guess is, is my point. This is, this is a very universal idea that our situation just, what would this person add? They couldn't possibly add or help us in any way mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Could be numerous reasons. Yeah, I've worked with couples that have felt that. I've heard them say that in my office. I don't feel like this will help, but I am coming because she said, you know, that we are done if we don't try this, or he has said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, even in that situation, the way I meet with couples is I meet with them together first, and then I meet with them individually one time each. And I feel like if I can help them have an understanding of a therapeutic relationship, that it, every conversation with someone else does not have to be a fire drill or, and maybe that's just their only experience with communicating. If I can give them a different experience mm. of feeling understood, then I, I believe, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I think I'm 10 out of 10 here on that, of like getting someone to believe that there is something that can be done. So th- what, we, what we would say to someone out there who is listening and says to themselves, I think this would help us, but I know my spouse is not going to buy in or I don't, I'm not sure they would ever get it. You know, they, they could have this, this idea. Sure. Um, the first step. And then, and, and again, this is, this is covering some of the stuff we've talked about before is it's okay for you to come in 
by yourself. Absolutely. And then after a session or two or five, um, if you've learned anything in therapy, then hopefully your vocabulary has changed or adjusted enough for you to use phrases like, would you consider coming with me instead of I'm leaving you unless you come with me. <laughs> okay. You could soften that up a little bit you is what you're saying. Soften that up a touch and say, would you consider, or what is your hesitation for joining me? And it's okay if this starts out as, you know, you don't even have to tell the other person you're considering couples therapy initially, right? You can just say, hey, I'm going to see somebody and, and they'd go, great. Oh, it's wonderful. Good. They'll fix you. <laughs> That's right. You'll finally figure out the answer or what's going on. But you wouldn't have to say to them secretly, I really want us to be going to couples therapy. Sure. You, you, maybe you've told them that before and they, they didn't like that. The cool thing about that, though, Meryl, that I, I want to add in is if you go and you're getting something out of it, you have already interrupted the pattern. Right. And so you are going to communicate differently. And so there is going to be change in your relationship. Not to say it is all you and oh, my word, look at that. You went to therapy and now your relationship is better. But maybe it is better because you interrupted a pattern for yeah. yourself. And and just Having someone to, I guess, sort through what do I need to do or what, what are my goals, what do I want to accomplish here, um, having another person listen to that is a great way to sort of go, okay, I hear all what you're saying. If I were you, I would start here or, you know, whatever. We would, you know, start in this area and then, no, oh, maybe we'll bring your husband in down the line or, you know, you talk to him or whatever. But, well, that sounds like a, something you could do, but we don't have to do it right away and... Sure. And we'll just sort of see where it goes from here and, and talk through some scenarios and, and see what would be a better way to, to solve those. Um, and I, I wrote down a list here of, of plenty of other reasons why the other spouse doesn't want to come in. And, and one thing we don't talk about as therapists a lot, really, amongst each other is that there are people out there who think this is a giant waste of time. Sure. A complete, we are all complete frauds. <laughs> right? <laughs> And mm -hmm. how do you how do you defeat that argument? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Other than bring them in and show them that there's something to be gained, I guess. But that's a, that's a hard one to break. Yeah, if that's how they feel, I I don't find myself needing to prove to them any differently. Maybe they have something that really works for them to relieve stress or talk through with themselves. You know, running. Or maybe they lift weights or maybe they fly planes. I mean, who knows what they're, I think there's many ways of people relieving stress. And if it's working for them, great. But if it's a pattern of communication that is the error you're running into continuously, I don't think there is a better way to work that out than therapy. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I would say if, if, if they're married to someone or they're a couple that feels like the other person is in this camp, really then the, again, come in by yourself, you know, is I think the best advice. And then you'll, you'll figure out, we'll learn more as we go, maybe what other things we can do to bring the person in. Or like you said, maybe we, maybe the person never comes in you just find ways to think about it differently or, or sure. react differently or break the patterns up that we've talked about. So there's lots of ways to do that. And then maybe they would get curious about, hey, what's going on in there? What are you talking about in there? And I if there is change that they're seeing in you and you have a way to now verbalize how that change has come about, I would imagine you're your own advertisement. 
Yeah. And they may start to ask questions about what you're doing there. So they're bringing themselves in little by little, um, potentially in, in that scenario. So, and that's a good thing. Um, there are things like I've written down infidelity or, or maybe p- people have been told by family, friends, whatever, that they're just not compatible and they really should just divorce. I mean, they're, you, you've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Somebody has said, I know this, or I've been told by a therapist that this or that, we should just separate. Um, again, I don't, uh, I'm always kind of floored when I hear that comment, by the way. I mean, doesn't that have uh, someone that has been told by a therapist, a therapist, or maybe a close, I mean, I can, I can sort of understand family members, I guess. I mean, because you, you come in and you hear the story and, and, and I think I'm thinking to myself, well, if I was their family member, I'd probably be telling them the same thing. I'd probably be telling them. Hey, why are you with this person? Mm-hmm. Probably. Once I hear kind of all the things, but um, we as therapists, I think, know that they've been told that by five people, ten people already. Mm-hmm. So um, we're gonna we're gonna give you our best shot at trying to, I guess, resolve that or make your life come out in a different way. Obviously, you're here because things aren't working out the way you imagined they would be. I mean, this is a huge, I think, personal crisis for people when. I thought my married life would look like this. Sure. And it so doesn't. And it doesn't. Is that all my fault? Is that, what do I do with that? Yeah, I think that what you're saying is really honest feedback. Your friends, you know, they don't remain your friends very long if they're always telling you <laughs> that <laughs> what you're doing is wrong. Or like, I mean, there are some relationships that can survive right. like that. It's not usually something people seek out so to not receive um have someone in your corner friends family um i think would be strange but from a therapeutic stance i i feel like it's just a space for someone to work through what they may already know like you were saying you may have all of it in you you just don't really know how to express it or you don't trust how you're feeling about something and therapy gives you a place to kind of sort it out and process i think the whole idea of this conversation is there may not be one single life answer or idea that's going to sort of change your life and it's very it's very easy when you're in these situations to be overwhelmed by well, I got to make this change or that change and that hasn't happened or my people treat me this way or things are going horribly. Um, it's okay to come in to therapy with all kinds of questions about how would this work differently and I don't have the answers and maybe I am doing something wrong. I mean, that's a, a great place to come in. Sure. Right? Absolutely. People come into my office. I'm sure this happens in your office every day and ask you for some barometer of normalcy. Is this okay? What is happening? Or I feel like it's not okay. And is this normal? And my response is always the same. Is it, does it matter? Is it working for you? Right. If you sit on, if you stand on your head every Tuesday for 10 minutes and you just feel like it gives you the best day ever, who am I to say that isn't really like scientifically proven that that helps your Tuesday is what is happening in your life working. 
And if it is not, or you are feeling stuck, or you are feeling um, unheard or unseen, or therapy is a great place for you to weed out what is not working. Yeah. So the message is uh, for folks to come in if it's individually and there's a lot of stuff going on around them that they feel is unsolvable or they haven't had a chance to solve it. Individual therapy is a great place to start and we can sort of work through all the pieces of all of that down the line if you want to. Sure. I am a marriage and family therapist and I have a lot of people on my caseload that are individuals and then invite the child that is so hard with them in or invite their spouse in or invite their parent in. We do that all the time. Yeah. So we don't have to have the the answer for how this is all all supposed to go here. So sure. Um, okay. Well, I think that's a good place to to wrap up here. I just wanted to, I guess, in some ways, cover or or restate in some of the things we've already talked about in this idea of conflict, but also in the sense of how does this apply to therapy? How would we sort all this out? What can you do on your own? There are lots of options here. There are lots of things a person can do to practice on their own. There are lots of small little ways that you can uh, make little changes in your own life. And usually when someone brings to me a very hard problem, my go-to is kind of like, well, let's start, you know, small. We just, let's, let's, let's do small things. Let's find little ways to make small changes and then we'll, we'll sort of go from there. Sure. And that almost always is a way better approach than I got to solve the big thing right now in one fell swoop, <laughs> which I've been trying to, which I've been trying to do for the last 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> Give me the answer mm-hmm. uh, to that. So there are a lot of ways to break that up. And, and the things that we were talking about are simply ways to do that. Uh, uh, recognizing, seeing things going right, practicing new communication patterns in your own house, doing them with friends, family. They're all great ways to start down that road and hopefully let you see that this isn't a massive, hard, complicated thing we're doing here. It's a series of small things that we think are doable, are totally doable by everyone. Sure. You will not take away my optimism. Small change. Small changes create big and mostly sustainable impact Yeah, going forward. That's what we're after. And I find um, I haven't done as much couples or family therapy as you, Liza, but I, I find when you get people, when you're, they're really being honest, they generally say, if you ask them the question, do you like this, what you're living right now? Mm-hmm. They almost always say no. No. Right? No one wants it. At the it. beginning. Sure. They'll always, on, on some level, say, I don't like this. I don't like that we fight all the time. I don't like, I just don't know. I'm at my wit's end to figure it out, essentially. But mm-hmm. neither party wants it usually. Right. Um, and, that's, and that's, sometimes I think people lose sight of that. And, and the therapist can help you see that and get everyone to sort of see the problem in a different way, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's the, the big um, thing that therapy can offer is new ways to look at problems that that can solve the big things we're just not going to do it in a way you probably expected or that or perhaps what you've been trying for many years that likely haven't worked Mm -hmm. and maybe you've done a lot right we just don't know we want to hear the whole story and and we're we're definitely gonna gonna help you with that so practice the small things um like i said for to continue this thought of making the small changes, I'm 
working on this myself is really trying to have better conversations with people and just not in the therapy room. When I go out and do my other job, my brain kind of has a switch and I stop doing these things that I do in here in this room. It's really kind of bizarre, <laughs> actually, <laughs> if I'm I being honest. Say, I could say that happens sometimes. I don't do that as me. much out in, out in the wild, <laughs> if you will. And, and sadly, it's, it can happen in your own house, right? Sure. That's when I notice it the most is just in a personal setting. Yeah. Oh, I had this conversation today <laughs> with a client. I'm sure that went better than what I just did. <laughs> I hope that went better for them. Right. Here I'm giving I feel like such a fraud. You know, we all have those moments. Sure. Um, where in our personal life are like, damn, I just butchered that or it could have gone a different way. And here I am trying to be right. And what do I tell? You know, whatever. I mean, we've, we've kind of all been down that, that road. Sure. So well, the point there is everyone is vulnerable to this. And the, the, the point of the, the message is to grow that part of you, right, that recognizes, oh, how to have a conversation. Listen, mm -hmm. ask open questions. What is the person really telling me? Sure. Noticing their body language as opposed to yelling at them for yelling at you, perhaps just noticing that they're upset. They're upset. That's a major, major change right there, isn't it? Sure, it's just slow down enough to start noticing what's happening. That's how you identify any of the things we're talking about is we actually can do it different. Yeah, and it can start out very small and, and you can do it and, and we're here to help. So um, with that, I guess we'll close down the show. Expect. Uh, more discussion on conflict in future shows, certainly family, friends type stuff, or even work-related conflict. This happens a lot as well. So we'll, we'll dive into those areas more specifically on Counselors Can Help. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.